Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi there. Evening, chaps. How are we doing this week? Um, <laughs> um, well, I'm sure we'll come to how I am. Put aside the Arsenal up. aspect, Andy. How are you as, in yourself? Had a good week? Uh, in myself, yeah, I'm, I'm great, thanks. <laughs> good. Um, how, you've got your new podcast up on iTunes. How easy was it dealing with iTunes to get that up there? Fun, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I'd been led to believe that you could do it with some combination of WordPress and Google Docs, which of course turned out to be complete bullshit. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got there eventually. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how this goes going forward. Nice. We'll give that a little plug at the end. Um, and Adam, how are you? I had a fucking horrible week. Yeah, Everton so, made it better, though, didn't they? Everton made it better slightly on Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's start with that, shall we? Let's start with the Everton game because it was Let's brilliant. Let's do it. The last 15 minutes were amazing. Let's start with Costa. What was he doing? Um, Absolute lunatic. He, what, he very much appears to be um, taking the Luis Suarez approach to getting out of a club that he doesn't want to be at anymore. I thought you were going to say he appears to be unhinged. Oh, I mean, I, I don't think he appears to be. I believe he actually <laughs> is. Um, but I, I do. I get the impression that this this just all smacks of the way Suarez went about getting out of Liverpool. Yeah, um, it's except unfortunately for him, Gareth Barry came out today saying he didn't bite him. Ah, oh, he went to, didn't he? Definitely went to. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. Maybe uh, maybe Gareth Barry feels like Gareth Barry, being the professional he is, perhaps feels like he's covering for a for a fellow player. Mm. But um, I, I don't know. It, it, the replay is very damning. The the initial foul by Barry did not warrant that reaction from Costa. It was just a trip. He yeah, absolutely. Like a fucking not, but... man about to lose his shit. I'm anno- <laughs> I'm annoyed that at least in play you don't appear to be able to place place. Bets on individual players to be red carded because <laughs> I did. I genuinely looked for it at half time. <laughs> Wasn't there? Yeah, I, I read this today. This can't possibly be the first time he's been sent off in English football, can it? Apparently, it is. Yeah, that's, I think it is. I think he's. Insane. I think he's one. Of, I think he's one of those who knows whether he's generally quite good at playing up to that line. Yeah. He gets he gets the book in and then backs off, doesn't he? I think. Because I think I think he doesn't. He he's he. He clearly needs it. Yeah, he needs to play with that bit of edge mm. to be yeah. at his best. So he must have learnt over that time to be able to channel it to the best of his ability. But yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> he just lost his shit for a minute. There. Gareth Barry, on the other hand, he he always gets the customary one book in. He went a step further this week. 
he just looked, that just looked like a very tired tackle. Yeah, very ungareth Barry like. Yeah, what was your tweet? He knows how he's as good at getting he, that first as not getting that second. He's as good at not getting the second booking as he is at picking up the first. <laughs> <laughs> he just looked a bit shattered at that point, and Fabregas had the better of him. And he thought, oh, "I'm just going to kick you." Get yeah. <laughs> to be fair, if 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 I was ever in the in the vicinity of Cesc Fabregas, I think I might kick him. <laughs> <laughs> So Everton go marching on in the FA Cup, and with the way the results have played out, favourites now. Are we not going to talk about how amazing Lukaku's first goal was? We we can both of the goals were fantastic. I was watching this game with my wife, Chelsea fan. She was actually <laughs> thrilled at the selling of uh, ex Chelsea player. <laughs> Seeing those two go in and then Costa get sent off, she said, "Oh, for fuck's sake, what have we done?" And you see the bit where they said this the first time. I think was it four games he's played against them four times previously, never scored. Mm. You can see when he scored that first goal, that that really meant something. Oh to yeah, him. he was a wild celebration. He loved it. Yeah, he he enjoyed that. Um, yeah. But he was just he was unplayable, wasn't he? As matter twenty five goals this season for Lukaku. He's having a great time. I think he's only a a goal off. He might even be less than that now. I think he was at one point only a goal off. Jamie Vardy for being top goal scorer in the Premier League. Yeah, I think he's yeah he's one behind the league goals. I think he might have more overall. Twenty five for season with cut goals as well. The BBC website says he's approaching world class. Is he not there already? Maybe you can't be world class if you play for Everton and according to the BBC. <laughs> yeah, it's got to go to I'd, Liverpool or Arsenal. <laughs> My opinion is that. I don't know if you can be considered world class if you play in the Premier League. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd think I think the realization has slowly come out that whilst the Premier League might be the most exciting league in the world, mm. it's nowhere near the quality that I think it was say, maybe five six years ago. I'd say that Sergio Aguero and David de Gea beg to differ with. <laughs> To be fair, both of them proved they were good players before they came to England. <laughs> I'm struggling to think of another player who I might say is world class in the Premier League, though. Which might, which might go on to prove your point. Yeah, there's another one at Chelsea that's had the worst season of his career after um, being the best player in the land last year. Yeah. Jamie um... Vardy? <laughs> Marcus. <laughs> oh, I've got ha- Harry Kane. <laughs> we'll find out if some of these players are uh, world class in, in the summer. Oh, well, I yeah, assume that Jamie Vardy and the likes will be will be going to the Euros. So you never know. We might we might be able to say that a few world class players play in the Premier League sooner rather than later. Well, yeah, and one of them will still be at Evan because it'll be Romelu Lukaku because Belgium will stop pissing about picking Christian Benteke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's done he's done his uh, international chances of world good this year, hasn't he, Benteke? <laughs> he's done it as good as yeah, Benteke and Lukaku very much very much trending in opposite directions. <laughs> yeah, he's made that an easy decision for the Dutch manager, uh, the Belgian manager. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> what I will say though is I would just like to point out that in my first time in this podcast I said that Everton were dark horses for this FA Cup yeah. I am the soothsayer <laughs> Not even dark horses now I would legitimately make them favourites for this even if Man United overcome West Ham Over West Ham? Well, ideally I want an Everton-West Ham final that would be superb for the neutral and even that would be a good game for you Adam wouldn't it as a, a fan of one of those two teams an enjoyable game yeah. to watch. Yeah, I've always quite liked West Ham as well, so... Yeah. It's better for my worst-case scenario, which was going to be an Everton-Arsenal final because my two best friends support Arsenal. Oh, yeah. 
It's a tense day in the pub, that is. That could have been an unfortunate day, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's mention Arsenal, Andy. Um, I didn't have to. Crashed out of competition. Barcelona in the week, is it? Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the season's screwed. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Um, Arsene Wenger continues to come out with all kinds of utter nonsense about the fact that his team isn't lacking in confidence. Mm. Well, that's four wins in the last 14. Didn't, um, didn't he say they played pretty well today? Uh, he probably did, because Arsene doesn't seem to be able to speak ill of that. It's, uh, he doesn't appear to watch the same football game as I do. <laughs> he said yeah, our fantastic run has come to an end on a day where we felt that our performance deserved the win. Credit to Watford, they created a few chances and they took them. It's sad because we gave everything. In the uh, last ten minutes is all that yeah. asterisks. In the uh, last yeah, ten minutes. I'm, I'm not having that. And, I... and then another asterisk saying excluding Theo Walcott, he was awful. <laughs> No, I think this is just uh, really symptomatic of a uh, malaise that's kind of over the whole club at the mm. moment. Um, not just in terms of performances. You know, I could run through that team and tell you the players that are badly off form at the moment. Ozil, up until January, was looking like the best player in the Premier League by far. Yeah. He's been oh, pretty dreadful that, since then. We missed a world-class player. We did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you could argue when we come on to West Ham that we might have missed out another. But um, uh, yeah, there's just between the players, Sanchez, um, obviously Walcott was spoken about at length before and so on, all very much off form. Wenger doesn't seem able to motivate the players, and then the board don't seem willing to come out and say anything at all. And it's just it's really sim- the performances at the moment are very symptomatic of a club that's. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think they realise how much a chance they missed to win the Premier League, and they've they've just packed up shop for the summer. Yeah. Uh, they're in real. I genuinely think they're in real danger of missing top four. Well, yeah, we said this last week. I think I'm, I'm fairly confident that West Ham could overtake you for that fourth place. It doesn't seem to be. I can't see where an Arsenal win is coming from at the minute, which seems mad to say. Uh, Apologies if I've, if I've said this already. I have lost a little bit. I've, I've lost who I've said what to because, like I said, I've both both said Arsenal fans. I've had to rant at individually in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. So, um, I know Ross does Andy. I don't know if you listen to the football ramble, mm-hmm. but I, I thought that what uh, what Luke said on there, I think two weeks ago now, was um, was absolutely spot on when he talked. They talked about how how a team's how a team is in in the image of its manager, and how yes. mm-hmm. and how and it made me think that I can't remember the last time Arsene Wenger didn't make an excuse. Oh, and I'm being no, and I'm being generally serious. But you mean I can go all the way back to how he would say, "Oh, um, we're competing for fourth place because we haven't got the funds to." Yeah, we haven't got the funds because of the stadium. He's making excuses. Uh, Manchester City and, and Chelsea are financially dope in the league. He's making excuses and. <laughs> And they're all falling away from him one at a time, and it just it that's that mentality infects the squad. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's, it, if you look back, in actual fact, I don't think you can ever say that Wenger's been the type of manager to come out and say that your team's been terrible. He's always looked for excuses, and back he's been lucky that at various points in the past 
he's had a team good enough where he hasn't had to rely on those excuses. Yeah. But now his team's not good enough. And rather than come out and say it, because he must see this as some kind of tacit admission that he's responsible, he yeah. would rather come out and make the excuses. It's not even cover. I don't even think it's covering up for his players now. I think he's covering up for himself. Yeah, I think he is. It's more um, self-preservation at this point, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to but what I, end? What does he do when he leaves Arsenal? Uh, well, I assume he will retire when he leaves Arsenal, but I, I believe he considers it vital for his legacy that he leaves Arsenal on his terms, yeah. i.e. at the end of his contract. Um, Man- manages that guy. Goes to man- what, what about if uh, the France job becomes available after the, after the Euros? I, I don't think he would touch that with a barge pole. I, I don't think the French have got a particularly strong squad at the moment, and I don't. Well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Arsene is is extremely arrogant. I don't think yeah, there's any surprise in that, and maybe he would see that as a as a chance to prove himself again. Hmm. But, but I, I think he's going to be embarrassed sooner sooner rather than later because that that excuse of financial doping is about to disappear. Because let's let's face it, Leicester or Tottenham are about to win the win the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it's money, it's never been a good excuse. It's it's never been uh, because at the end of the day, Arsenal could have went and spent that money as well. And my problem is it is is just with the the rhetoric in which he speaks. Is that you can come out and say those things because the things he's saying aren't aren't necessarily false. Yeah, but when you you can say them without them being an excuse. You can actually say, "This is what we're we're going to win despite of this." Yeah, yeah. We're going mm-hmm. to overcome, and it's never we're going to overcome this. It's we're going to achieve a slightly slightly lower goal than you would want because <laughs> of this. Sure. Um, I mean, he came out a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? And actually, came out with a no one else in this league has managed to finish in the Champions League places for however many seasons it was in a row and it's like yeah. oh, well okay that's great but I mean you're not actually doing anything in that tournament when you get there it's, and, you've had to wait, and you've had to wait for Ferguson to retire to be able to say that yeah absolutely <laughs> and what is it it's five, five six years now that they've gone out consecutive in the round of 16 yeah um, you know these these excuses haven't washed for a long time and, and the longer the thing, it goes on the more desperate it becomes and the thing you'll get there is you'll hear the excuse again that it's because they they draw by by Munich or Barcelona yeah but why yeah, do they do that because they constantly finish second in their group when you group in their group in their group where they are the first seeds mm. yeah mm-hmm. you have a competitive advantage going into the group you give it up and then end up screwed over yeah yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, fair, very fair. Let's but, move. Should we move on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to say that there was a marked difference in Arsenal in those last ten minutes. Hmm. Um, it was bizarre. <laughs> they started moving, but again, like we said, Theo Walcott came on to absolutely and did absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. What? Why he took Giroud off? I don't know because Giroud has been Giroud in those games where Giroud, where Giroud wasn't playing for me. When he came on, he completely changed the way Arsenal played in both the Man United game and the Tottenham game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, why you think taking him off for Theo was going to be the answer? God only knows. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and again, it maybe shows to me a guy who's kind of lost the tactical nous that he clearly once had at one point. I mean, hmm. I think we spoke about this last time I was on as well. He insists on either starting Walcott 
or bringing Walcott on as the answer against teams who either start out playing quite defensively or switch to playing quite defensively. Yeah. Walcott, if you're going to get any kind of decent uh, ability out of Walcott, you have to play him against teams who play a high line and can let him get in behind. You put a back four on the 18-yard line, he is useless. Yeah. Yeah, just, his game is not designed to play that way, is it? No. And one of the things they did point out uh, which, <coughs> on BT, which showed the inconsistency in the refereeing, is that Pantelemont probably should have got a second yellow card for time wasting. Mm. Very rarely see that, don't you? No, very but when you a, a first yellow card for time wasting. When you're when you're when you've already been booked, you're playing a very dicey game when you've already been booked for time wasting, and you take over thirty seconds to take goal kicks. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's the Casper Michael method: kicking your boots on the post every time. <laughs> pick, pick up, pick up your towel, wipe your hands, <laughs> have, a have a little, have a little drink of water, wipe yeah. your hands again. <laughs> Let's move on then to a man who is kind of even more um, ineffective than Theo Walcott, if that's to, uh, if that's believable. Um, Marouane <laughs> Fellaini he had quite a first half, didn't he, today? He had um, no tackles, no interceptions, no blocks, all clearances, and he lost the ball 11 times <laughs> in the first half alone in the one the pl- draw with West Ham. On the plus side, he made himself available for at least 11 passes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I still really, I still really like Fellaini. I, I, I think you get him on the right team. He's actually a, a really good player to have in your squad. But I mean, uh, Man United just aren't that team. That's what I was about to say. I, I completely agree with you because I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, it looks and a completely I, different player now, doesn't and it? And I've actually seen the. You, you can actually play Fellaini too. Right? Fellaini can play deep. Mm. He can play deep and he can spread it and he can put himself about. He can play as a defensive midfield player and he can also play up top and be. An absolute nuisance, but that's for teams who are uh, uh, on a lower plane than than Man United should be looking to be on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't the only one at a bad day. The rest of the Man United team didn't cover themselves in glory. They were thoroughly outplayed by West Ham and Dimitri Payet, as Andy alluded to a second ago, could be in that world class category himself. He's he's yeah, really he the was... one that France looked to, isn't he? Well, there's a chance he might not even make the squad, which is mad. Which is embarrassing, <laughs> um, oh. but um, I would say that that's a se- that's the second time, at least that I can remember, where I've seen him hit a free kick and run away celebrating before it's yes. even hit the back of the net. <laughs> yes, that is unbridled arrogance. <laughs> but when you can back it up like that, I don't give a shit. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's very nice. Yeah. To mm-hmm. See. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he also should have had a penalty. Yeah. And I don't have a clue what was supposed to be that free what that free kick was for when he was on one on one against the is it the right back um, of Man United when he was running alongside him from uh, in a foot race from the halfway line. Yeah. And um, somehow the referee saw some reason to penalise him. Then after he won the ball off him, <laughs> um, so when you add that to the fact that Man United's goal should have been disallowed because. Uh, something that was actually some, uh, a good bit of analysis from Howard Webb for a change. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I certainly didn't notice that Schweinsteiger incident before before he, he brought it up. No. Um, for me, that definitely should have been should have been disallowed. Mm. So West Ham can feel hard done by. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. West Ham are uh, very much a club on the up. They took nine thousand fans to Old Trafford today, and. 
moving into that stadium next season and the possibility, the very real possibility of Champions League football, that's going to be enough to keep Pi at the club, isn't it? You thought? If they it's... get cha- <laughs> if they get Champions League football with that, you could you wonder whether that could uh, the right bit of management in the next couple couple years, whether that could completely change West Ham as a club for the rest for their future. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose the, that the concern is it might keep Payet at the club, but it might see some of what you might consider bigger clubs come in for Billich. Yes, very possibly, yeah. He he seems very happy at West Ham, but yeah, the, the chance to take a, a Chelsea job or a, the Man United job or something like that, it could be too much to resist, but yeah. <laughs> we could have a new uh, power team in London. But if you're, if you're a West Ham, already a West Ham legend, and you get them... You get to see a new, see them into a new stadium yeah. in the Champions League. Incredible! I don't know. I don't know what, you'd, why you'd be giving that up for. No. Well, you never know. Zinedine Zidane apparently is already in trouble at Real Madrid. Maybe you know where Real Madrid or something comes up in the summer or a Bayern Munich. It's, yeah. it's possible if they're if they're all looking for kind of young managers with a with a idealistic view of management then. It's, it's possible, I suppose, He's but I, yeah, I think you're right. I think he probably stays there next season because this is this is a real opportunity to, to transform a club. Yeah, I, I I would also say that the the price for Dimitri Payet has to start pretty high, considering the r- reports of the the money they turned down from China for him. Yes, he yeah he's got and be since well. and since then he's since then he's signed a new contract. Yeah. So, so you, you're talking about what forty plus million pounds for Dimitri Payet at the moment? Yeah, definitely. That's just a starting yeah. offer. Really. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine West Ham being in this situation. It's incredible to think they're in the Championship. How much did they sign him for? I want to say eleven million. Something around that, I think. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that. I think that's about right. It was about eleven, eleven and a half. I think. Crazy. Incredible business. Uh, let's talk about Crystal Palace and Alan Pardew, a man who's loving the FA Cup this season. If he can win the FA Cup and finish 17th, job done, I think, for Pardew this year. Yeah, what does he care? <laughs> <laughs> he's got his team to Wembley. To be at a semi-final, but he's got his team at Wembley. Is his problem that not that if he doesn't get another point or so... It, it could start to get a little... Potentially get a little bit tense. Yes, then... And out of it, do you sure. do you do you want to be distracted by a by a cup run? <laughs> We've seen many a team get themselves in this sort of trouble. Normally, they don't do a Wigan and go right down. But <laughs> I think I think the last team to do that before Wigan were Palace, weren't they? Didn't Palace go down the season to reach the uh, the last the last time they reached an FA Cup final? Possibly, I can't remember when they last reached an FA Cup final. Yeah, I'm only 27. <laughs> yeah, this is where I show my age off. I think this is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that might have been the um, the season they lost to United. Uh, early 90s, I, I can't remember exactly, but yeah, there's definitely form for uh, Palace to reach an FA Cup final, but really struggle. Uh, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough, are the oh, team yeah. I'm thinking of. They made two cup finals, didn't they? Went down. The same year, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Paris Let- are currently eight points off of the bottom three. Um, 
they've got a game in hand. Newcastle have got a game in hand on them, though, and they've got a new manager. Yeah, Newcastle's yeah. game in hand is against Chelsea. Okay. So let's chill out on that one. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I think there's other game in, other game that they've got to play is Man City as well. So good luck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Quite a job on your hands. Should have looked at that fixture list. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how he read that was in the stands for a few weeks. So the FA Cup, the final four then. We've got Watford, we have got Everton, we've got Palace and one of Man United or West Ham. So we've got five is what you're saying? Yes, but that will become four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say West Ham. Um, so you've got you got what, Watford, Adam Shirley, don't you? Uh, Palace, surely. Well, either or really, isn't it, those two? Just avoid Man United or West Ham, I think, in the... Well, avoid West Ham. I'd have, I'd, I'm not sure I worry too much about Man United. They're pretty good games, actually, Everton <laughs> Man United as well in recent years. Yeah. You've got to be confident for the FA Cup final. I I am quietly confident. I'm going to enjoy the fact that the that they're played in Wembley, so I might try and go. I might try and scalp a ticket to the semi final. Mm. You were disgracefully compared to Portsmouth earlier, weren't you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I I had something to say about that. <laughs> We'll move on from that. Let's talk some, uh, some Premier League football. Uh, Tottenham beat Aston Villa today, only 2 0, but a win's a win. Two goals from Harry Kane, uh, his 21st and 22nd of the season. Yeah, that, that, sh- that shouldn't count as a win, should it? Only for putting two past Villa? Is that not, is that not the equivalent of uh, Villa winning 1 nothing, 1 0 or something? It's, it's alright, I think, I think those goals count like. Count like Henrik Larsson's goals in Scotland. <laughs> so, so, so Kane's actually only scored his twentieth goal of the season. Yeah. <laughs> that puts Le- uh, Leicester two points ahead of Tottenham. They've got a game in hand, but it's either these two now, isn't it? Arsenal are eight points off Leicester at the top and six off of Tottenham. And City, after their performance this weekend, I think they're pretty much out of it now as well. <laughs> well, as game in hands go, Leicester play Newcastle tomorrow. It's always <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> Incredible. Um, still, <laughs> I still share what I said on the podcast for the last couple of weeks. I, I, I think I worry a little bit against Leicester. Mm. Um, I think they can get. I think they can be beaten. I, th- I don't think they're playing the same football they're playing before. I think mm. it's um, unfortunate for them, perhaps, that they have to play Benitez's Newcastle, not McLaren's Newcastle. Yes. Um, yeah. you, mm. you, better the devil you know than this unknown entity right now. Yeah, I don't believe in the new manager bounce thing, but it, it, it does prove to be sometimes that a new manager will just they get a performance in their first game. Just because it's someone fresh, I suppose, isn't it? Well, yeah, Benitez might be able to do something that means he gets a performance out of his next, some sort of performance out of his next nine games. Yeah, and that that performance has to start with defending. <laughs> yeah, the basics. Well, yeah, in this case, I don't necessarily know if it's a managerial bounce as opposed to a managerial stop free falling. <laughs> <laughs> a managerial stop gap. <laughs> um, and I get where you're coming from with Western, but. I'm looking at the two squads and as much as Tottenham arguably have the better squad they also have the less experienced and I wonder if getting into those last four or five games if Leicester are able to maintain uh, between two and five point gap whatever it might be I just wonder if at that point you know the heads might drop on some of the younger players at, at Spurs 
Um, I, I know this is complete cliche, but I mean, it really is Leicester's to lose. Uh, they've got a much easier run in than the other teams. Um, yeah, Do you not I, worry I, I about, those, about those last three fixtures, though? That's what it comes down to, isn't it? Chelsea got the last three. Chelsea, Everton, Man United, isn't it? I think. Yeah, but yeah, I think that they do have a slight problem with Chelsea. Chelsea on the last day of the season, a lot of people could say Chelsea have nothing to play for. I think at the end of the day, some of those those players are professionals, yeah, and they do not want to. They're going to have to relinquish their title. They're not going to want to do it to the team that beats them on their own at home in their own stadium and John Terry's last game at Sanford Bridge as well and they're not going to want to lose to they're not going to want to lose it to Claudio Ranieri who as a a club they sacked narratives all over the place exactly (laughs) I think Leicester will take 6 out of 9 points at that point because I think they'll beat Man United I think they will play an Everton who's got one eye on what I think will be an FA Cup final appearance yeah um Chelsea, you're probably right, Chad. But I don't think it'll matter by that point. Well, to slightly back up your previous point as well, when you talk about the experience, yeah. is that I did think, well, neither of these teams... Do you know what? You hit that cliche of needing experienced Premier League players who've won the Premier League before. Yeah. Do you need that to your experience of winning? This is a team that, that only, what, two years ago won the Championship? Yeah. I mean, that's still a league, isn't it? You still won. <laughs> it's still competitive football. You've still got that experience of being at the top, with, uh, getting through a league season. Mm. And I wonder what it, it, I wonder how much that counts for anything in compared as an advantage against over Tottenham again. Yeah, more yeah. recent success, albeit at a less, lesser level, but more recent success than Tottenham. Tottenham do have the advantage of not having to worry about the Europa League for much longer, though. <laughs> well, no, I don't think Tottenham. I don't think Tottenham worried about the Europa League before that. When you look at that midfield they put out against, no, true. Yeah, <laughs> I can't work out. I can't work out. Well, I think I don't think Pochettino decided to actually give up. I think he uh, was maybe hoping to lose by a single goal. Yeah, um, I think maybe the best thing now is actually his mind's been made up for him. Yes, the competition's over now. Just put yeah. all the kids in for that. Yeah, fair, fair play to him. They've. They've not really gone after that whole season, but they've, they've used their squad to the best of they, the, what they can do in that competition. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else happened in the Premier League this weekend? There was a really boring Man City uh, 0-0 draw with Norwich. Yeah, yeah I, watched that Norwich. That. I watched that in my hairdressers. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> uh, is there any really anything to mention from this game? City just being terrible, really. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd like to talk about the fact I think Norwich this season have been a, a little unlucky because I think this is kind of symptomatic of their performances this season Norwich haven't really I don't think they have been anyway on the end of what you would call a real cuffing Yeah. Um, they've always kept themselves in games the problem is they don't have the firepower to then turn some of those draws into wins and it's why they find themselves where they are. I think Alex Neal's a good manager. I think he organises his team well. He just hasn't bought in. I know they perhaps thought that Naismith might come in and do that job. Naismith's a good player, but he's not going to get you 10 goals in 10 games. Um, Unfortunately. City, City, I don't know. Aguero, to me, looks... I know they've got Guardiola coming in, which probably keeps Aguero at the club. I think if they didn't have Guardiola coming in, Aguero kind of wears the look of a player who might want to move. 
Well, he said this week, didn't he, that after the 2018 World Cup, he's going back to Argentina to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what Man City can do about that, but <laughs> he seems to have his mind made up. <laughs> Nothing. It's a very... Um... It's a very Argentinian thing to do. Yeah, Tevez is back there, isn't he, as well? Apart Tevez has done it. Um, uh, uh, Trezeguet did it. Mm. Um, Palermo did it as well. There's a lot of talk that Messi will do it as well. Wow. Um, what I would say about against, about Norwich is that I don't really know what Norwich are. Like, mm-hmm. I, Nor- I Norwich this team that plays attacking football and, tr- and tries to win games. Are these are they a are they a tough defensive unit? Are are they um, are they in the mould of Bournemouth and they're this carbon copy of what they were in the Championship and they're going to try and be a team unit and play like that or are they a team that has splashed ca- the cash and going to be a Premier League team because they've they made the most tra- transfers in January they bought loads of players in that hasn't worked for them no. and I think they've seemed to have flip-flopped between so many different ideas that I couldn't tell you somebody said to me explain Norwich in three, three words and I don't know I could do it Exactly, compare them with Bournemouth, like you mentioned. They have their idea, or they know what they are, and they're much better off for it this season. 13 yeah, but points Bo- better off. Bournemouth are a team that's playing exactly in the image of they, uh, that they were in the Championship, partly. And I, partly that is because of that the players they have signed have been injured, but mm. even then, they, made, they only made a handful of signings. They're a team that plays attacking football and, and passes the ball a lot. Yeah. You yeah. can describe what Bournemouth are. Nor- Norwich, Norwich look like lost boys to me. They do. It took Bournemouth. I mean, Bournemouth got a few slackings early in the season, five-one to City and five-one to Bournemouth uh, to Tottenham in successive games. But since then, they've picked up important wins all the way through. Every couple of months, they always get an important couple of wins, which is enough to see them into the position, position they are. Thirty-eight points, thirteenth in the table. Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Norwich don't really have an identity. One thing I think we could say for certain is. They're not a tough defensive team. Uh, I think the stat was that that was their first clean sheet since the second of January, um, which is a long time to go without a clean sheet. Um, and even then, that clean sheet was more down to Man City being poor than Norwich having to do anything particularly great defensively. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say about Norwich is I watched match of the day this morning and prep for this. And can we talk about the fact that Patrick Bamford looks like a Lib Dem MP? That suit he was wearing was um, it looked like he's, he's he borrowed it out his dad's cupboard or something. He looks, just... to, he looks to me like someone who's playing the wrong sport. Yes, <laughs> he looks yes. like a cricketer to me. Yes, very mm. much. So. I'd probably go posher than that. What's posher than cricket? Polo. Polo. <laughs> water, po- water polo. <laughs> um, Rugby union. Grouse shooting. Is, Grouse shooting. Yeah, there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe a tennis player. I, th- I think there's a I think there's a YouTube series in this one. <laughs> Alternative <laughs> careers for Patrick Bamford. <laughs> <laughs> we mentioned Bournemouth they did of course beat Swansea this weekend 3-2 Swansea are still if we believe in the Palace trouble Swansea are on the same points with a worse goal difference yes but but Swansea Swansea have picked up points more recently than Palace has yeah true it, this you, year. Don't, you don't think of you don't think of Swansea as being this team in absolute disarray because they they did manage to pick up a few points when they changed managers yeah 
And Swansea are scoring goals as well, which I think is important. That's another difference between themselves and Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace at the moment are generally uh, one goal per game at most. Yeah. Swansea clearly aren't doing a very good job of keeping it tight at the back, but you've got to imagine that if they keep scoring goals, there will be games where they'll do a decent enough job at the back that they'll they'll pick up another couple of points. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Swansea will probably just be about okay. Yeah, I think true. Bournemouth on the other they're definitely well safe and can look forward to next season. They've got players coming back from injury, and uh, Max Gradle's returned, and he's been very good since he's come back. He's a really good player. Um, promising for next year for Bournemouth. They've got to build on this, haven't they, rather than slip into that second season syndrome. Really I think, yeah, I think in a way that the fact that they're kind of still bottom half of the table does actually bode well for them for next season because you've seen other teams come up and have a great first season. The, the perfect example is always Ipswich, yeah, who came up that season and finished fifth and were relegated the next. Yeah. Um, Bournemouth won't have too high expectations. They'll know that they'll be coming into next season again looking to keep it solid. Mm. Add another couple of players just gradually build up. Stoke are, are probably actually a pretty good uh, template, I would have thought, for, for clubs like Bournemouth. Yeah. Even Saints as well. They've got a bit more money to spend. Saints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that, they can add a couple of players, but they also will have a couple of players c- coming in who will be that, that cliche of like a new signing. Yeah, Callum Wilson. C- Callum Wilson, Ty- Tyrone Mings. Yeah. Two very good young English players as well. Yeah, Play- I'd... Play- I'd, I'd, I'd Hmm. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say that I'd actually predicted Callum Wilson is was going to end up Premier League's top goal scorer before it started because I knew that Bournemouth were going to be attacking. Hmm. I kind of knew that he'd come off the back of a really good season in the Championship. <laughs> I had a feeling they might do a Kevin Phillips. I didn't realise that the Kevin Phillips he was going to copy was the one who spent the second half of his career constantly injured. <laughs> it took him a while to get going, but he, he started getting a few goals, but then obviously got injured. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's been out for a long time. We mentioned Stoke and Saints, but their Saints beat them 2 1. Um, Britannia, two goals for Graziano Pele. Arnautovic uh, oh. with a late. Uh, not late, I mean, after just under an hour. I wasn't really ever going to be Stoke's day, I don't think. And then uh, Mane was sent off. Yeah, the last minute. Why Stupid. not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> you don't anything else in the game. Get a red card. Make a day of it. <laughs> yeah, Saints oh, up to uh, seventh now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just above Liverpool. Liverpool have two games in hand though. I, I think Cumin must be kicking himself that Southampton had such an average first half of the season because I mean they've been the form team since Christmas. Um, and when you look at the fact that they're only seven points, albeit having played the game more off the top four um, Koeman must be kind of cursing the luck a wee bit for the first half of the season because they could have uh, they could have been challenging mm. well Koeman's got to be thinking to himself that he, if I was him now I'd just be calling it Yeah, call, call it down let's let's try and um, a- any players who might be tempted to go to bigger clubs why don't we make them play themselves out of form <laughs> <laughs> don't want to raise his expectations too high but I don't know. But you feel feel good for Southampton next year because I don't know who that who those players will be this year. They haven't had one standout, have they? Really, they've just been a very good team this year. I mean, yeah, they work with Shane Long in the team. Oriel Romu, who was a discarded from Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> another one. <laughs> Although he granted probably isn't good enough for Chelsea. No, as true. much I mean, as I really, as much as I enjoyed him when he was there. 
I, I think Shane Long's been a, a great signing. Yeah. Um, I, I just think Shane Long's a very good player because he's um, he really does give you something different. The, the amount of times you've seen Southampton and Hull before and whoever it was he was with before then, uh, the amount of times you're able to just play it down the channels yes. and you know Shane Long will just work, get on it? the end of it. Um, it. It's worked out really well for them. Um yeah, Southampton. Yeah, you're right. I don't think they've had what you would call one standout. Van Dyke's had a pretty good season. Um, Pell has been in and out of form. Tadic, uh, I mean, Tadic's miss yesterday was <laughs> that, that miss was something else. But yeah. I, yeah, you're right. It's been a solid season for them rather than a standout. And I wouldn't be crying any tears if anyone decided they wanted to pay far too much money to take Victor Wyama off my hands. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Everton could put a cheeky bit of a Fraser Forster. That would solve yeah, all your maybe. problems at once. That, that is probably it, isn't it? That he that's probably the is the... the their, yeah, um, that, that's OK. So half these Southampton players are presumably going to go to Liverpool this season. That, that, that's generally <laughs> how it works, isn't it? They just buy about four other players per season. It's the annual shopping spree from Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the Premier League rounded up. Let's move on to the Championship quickly. Um after me putting a bet on Leeds to be relegated a few weeks back at four which was one. which was throwing money away uh, we didn't we got battered 4-0 in the first half against Brighton yes but some of those teams down there are fucking awful yeah it turns out that's exactly what we needed to get that back in because we've won three games in the bounce since then um, <laughs> beating Blackburn for the first time in 12 years uh, yesterday we beat Cardiff for the first time in 32 years um well, the second time in 30 years, we've been twice this season after not doing it for 30 years previous to that, and beat Bolton last weekend. Which anyone can do. True, yeah. I mean, Colin's looking at this table now thinking 12 points off the playoffs. It's not over yet. Colin's swing on with <laughs> Bouncing all over the place. Middlesbrough are going to fall out of those playoffs. So. Middlesbrough are hilarious. No, they don't want them to go up, I don't think, ever. Losing to Charlton this weekend. And of course, apparently about to lose their manager. Um, I'll be honest; I haven't been really keeping an eye on the championship. I don't really have any any kind of huge interest in there. You know, yeah. normally no, there's a team or two I keep an eye on. But um, because you like good football, that's true. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm a Rangers fan. Do like <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, so I was reading up about the Karanka stuff today, and that's mm. that's that's bizarre, crazy, isn't it? I love the fact that he just came out in the in an interview in a meeting and just said, oh, "I don't want to manage you guys anymore." Yeah, fuck you. Though. <laughs> I love the fact that it's not that I, I don't feel like I'm taking this club. But I don't feel like I can take this club any further. Um, I know I've yes. went down the and it's not. No, it's odd to use. It's personal. It's, pers- it's personal. It's you guys. I don't want to manage. <laughs> <laughs> very strange. So that was that was very interesting to read. Did you also see that the game got momentarily postponed after 10 seconds? Because um, the Charlton fans took um, took oh, heed yeah. of the Borussia Dortmund um, protest and started punting beach balls on yeah. the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pepe Reynolds watching that in flashbacks. <laughs> but yeah, good win for Charlton. That um, puts them within touching distance of staying up. Uh, they've got a five-point gap to overhaul to bring the MK Dons back down into it, but you never know they're, a, a, but, they're an even worse run club than Leeds are MK Dons managed to pick up a point against Hull so yeah. like you said every, no one wants to go up it's only really Burnley 
No one else is really trying. Burnley just plodding along winning games every week. Classic championship. Yeah, mental. Uh, Tom decided to sack this podcast off, but Pompey lost 3-0 at home to Newport County. So I thought we'd just mention that quickly. <laughs> Definite bogey team. Can't beat them. So, how did Southampton get on? <laughs> and they won. <laughs> I know, just wanted to just wanted to hear it again. <laughs> <laughs> We're pretty much rounded up with our football. Let's talk about some gossip that's in these weekend's papers. Uh, PSG boss Laurent Blanc is replace uh, is a candidate to replace Van Gaal. What do you reckon to that? Uh, it must be considering it because I mean you look at okay PSG you know won nine nothing this weekend to win the league with eight games to spare. Yeah. You've got to assume you've got to assume you must know that the team as it's constructed at the moment isn't capable of winning the Champions League. I, I don't think so anyway. Um, do you think? Yeah, I, I just think there's. Um, it, it really took them a while to get going this season, PSG, which perhaps makes it even more depressing that they've managed to wrap up the league as quickly as they have. It says more about the quality of French football than anything In mid-March. Else. Yeah. Um, I could see him going to United if they offer him some money, but I guess the problem with the Glazers is you're never entirely sure if that's the case, especially <laughs> after they allowed Van Hal to piss £250 million up against the wall. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of PSG, did anyone see Zlatan's quote this afternoon? No. <laughs> Someone asked him if he would like to stay in Paris um, playing for PSG for a few more years, and he said, well, if they will uh, replace the Eiffel Tower with a statue of me, then maybe I'll consider it. <laughs> I mean, I've been on a tour of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> would you prefer a I tour would... of Zlatan? I'd happily go on a tour of a statue of Zlatan. <laughs> the nose I'm not. I'm not sure if I'd pay so much money to um, to have a hotel room with a view of it, though, as I did for the Eiffel Tower. Zlatan's such a, a, an odd situation because he says things that are even more arrogant than Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, yeah. And yet, while Cristiano Ronaldo is generally reviled in world football, Zlatan is... is admired for it and I, I kind of I don't hate Ronaldo I really like Ronaldo but there is something about Zlatan's arrogance it's it's so on the verge of megalomaniacal <laughs> it's because it's kind of endearing it's because about five years ago I think he was genuinely funny yeah I, yeah. I, I think he was he was he had that he had that level of arrogance but he had it down in a good way and since then he's become self-aware yes yeah, mm-hmm. and now he knows what he's doing, and it isn't funny anymore. Mm. <laughs> it's um, a bit. What well, I would say, I, I disagree slightly with the idea that PSG can't win the Champions League. I think they're probably one of the four best teams in Europe at the moment. Um, probably I'd put them in a bra- maybe even the third best team. But say it's, it's, again, my issue with that is just the fact that they're playing in a league that they were able to wrap up eight games before the end of the season. It's it's the same problem where say Bayern Munich you know mm. Bayern Munich are, are proving it in Europe more often than PSG but you know PSG haven't been any great shakes in Europe recently okay they put out Chelsea but at the end of the day that's mm. this season's Chelsea not last season's Chelsea um, I, I don't I'm not convinced well but all they have to there, there are still the way the draw has been there are still some Bang average teams they could get in the quarterfinals. Yeah, that would not be a problem with them. They could have um, yeah mm-hmm. Wolfsburg, um, uh, who what Benfica. Yeah, 
Um, I think like the final four is anyone's shout, isn't it? Really? Yeah, and I th- while I think that I I could see why Blanc will go because that team, while full of talented players, is um, Ibrahimovic centric, and yeah. if he isn't going to stay. Uh-huh. Maybe you you might quickly find that again, like you said, winning the French league isn't too bad, but remaining in that bracket of the four best teams in Europe and making Champions League semi-finals could become hmm. difficult. Well, speaking of that, if uh, PSG do want to progress, they want to sign. Apparently, they want to sign Eden Hazard and Courtois in the summer. I can see Hazard going. I think Chelsea maybe want to get a shot of him, possibly. But Courtois going nowhere, is he? Unless a momentous bid comes in for him. I, I could see Courtois going. Um, I mean, remember, it took them the longest time to consider him good enough to play for them in the first place. Mm. Um, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine his um, his affinity to Chelsea isn't that strong. Yeah, Brock Osweiler of. Uh... It could be right. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, he's a he's a goalkeeper. You know, you offer enough money for a goalkeeper, you're you're pretty much guaranteed to get him. Um, as long as you don't screw up the paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are aware of the De Gea. Probably, it's probably got a release clause. Chelsea can just go and spend that money on him rather than uh, to replace right, exactly. uh, if he leaves. Can't see that happening. Beat <laughs> round to the punch. Uh, Spurs are planning a twenty-five million pound move for Liverpool captain Jordan Henderson. Batshit like crazy. Batshit crazy. <laughs> what, the price tag or the move to Tottenham? Both. <laughs> as, as in, sorry, as in why Tottenham would want him. And I'm, I'm not saying that I don't think he's a necessarily a good player, but how much, what, which player is he replacing to get into that Spurs first team? Yeah, true. Ericsson or Ali really in his positions, aren't they? Or Dembele. Yeah. Or, or, and, then they've got plenty, and then they've got plenty of other players who could play amongst there who are <laughs> Who are more than serviceable? Mm. Um, that is that the best spend, the best spending of your twenty-five million pounds, especially if, as is to be believed, you're going to be a club who is going to have limited funds available to you while you're building your new stadium. Yeah, I think arguably the more intriguing aspect of that <laughs> is if this rumor has come about, that it would perhaps suggest that Liverpool are looking to cut them loose. Um, maybe Klopp's not a fan. Um, well, maybe clubs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It'll be interesting one to see. I don't necessarily think Spurs will take him for the for the reasons Adams just said. I think Spurs, in terms of midfield, they're actually pretty well stocked. And assuming they don't lose any of them, uh, you would imagine maybe there'll be a, a couple of clubs sniffing round Ali, um, maybe even Dembele, who I think on his days is as good a midfielder as there is in the Premier League. Um. Yeah, I, I don't see why they would why they would want them. Certainly not at that price, anyway. No, it does seem quite quite expensive for Jordan Henderson. I don't know, just, that price tag doesn't seem quite right. Um, yeah, but is is Jordan Henderson twice the player John Joe Shelby is? <laughs> no. Okay, then there you go. Too much. <laughs> but is Jordan Henderson um, the player that uh, Marwan Fellaini is? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, Claudio Ranieri has a £1 million buyout clause, apparently, in his contract. So he could leave the, the Premier League leaders for less than a million, a million pounds. Chelsea's next manager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. To be followed by to be followed up with Andre Phyllis-Boas. <laughs> <laughs> Always have the replacement lined up. 
<laughs> talking with replacements. Rafa is in at Newcastle. He, apparently, he's been listening to her advice from uh, Shearer and Beardsley since I mean, taking the job. I heard an in- I, Graham Hunter did a podcast, an interview podcast with Peter Beardsley, and if he's listening to him with advice, <laughs> Newcastle could be in some trouble. <laughs> I, d- I don't know though. I mean, if Benitez is capable of understanding Bearsley, then maybe he's some kind of genius. But I mean, yeah. Why would you be taking advice off the last manager to get Newcastle relegated? <laughs> what, what's next as well? Chris Waddle? <laughs> <laughs> the one he needs to be talking to is Aspria. Let's mix it up a bit, Rafa. Let's get crazy in there. <laughs> He's in line for a three million bonus if he can keep Newcastle in the Premier League, though. Which not bad work if you can get it, really, is it? I mean, no, let's be honest. He's already made a pretty good first impression by cancelling the day off that Newcastle was supposed to get, <laughs> and bringing him in for training. I mean, I think that's that's classic, that, Rafa. Yeah, it is. But the idea that any team who's been on the kind of run that Newcastle's been on is is getting days off Ridiculous. for that is insane. <laughs> Um, he is also he, he is the, the only the second ever non-British or Irish manager to manage three different Premier League clubs. Who is the other one, chaps? Oh, uh... sorry. What non-British or Irish manager to manage? Yeah. Give me a minute. You can edit this out. I've been listening to Chris drop in the little quizzes all over extra time, so I'll bring one up myself. <coughs> Oh, that's just going to annoy me because you I know the man. You've, you've only been listening to that because you edit it, though, Ross. No, right? no, I have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to clarify, Chris. <laughs> While you're thinking that one over, I think this one over as well. Ranieri has warned his star players they could be left to carry suitcases rather than play if they attempted to leave in the summer. Twisted metaphor. Doesn't <laughs> really make means. sense. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're going to work part time in a hotel. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he thinks that um, Jamie Vardy's planned on just giving it all up and moving into the the hotel industry or something. I don't know. That's that's not going to work. Organisation businessman. (laughs) 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 All right, chaps. I think it's about time to round up this podcast. I'm going to leave you with that uh, bit of trivia as well that you can try and figure out. Okay. so yeah, Andy, give us a little, uh, give you give you a new podcast to plug. What is it? Where can we find it? Yes, and, uh, it is a monthly wrestling podcast that I'm now recording with Ian Livingston uh, called This Is Our House, where we take a look back at the, the month that's happened, primarily in WWE, but we'll cover our uh, federations whenever a big, big storyline or anything comes up. Yes, <laughs> it probably went slightly longer than we had planned, but... Um, <laughs> We will get it down to 30 seconds, and as I said, it will eventually just be tumbleweed blown across the the, the microphone, so we'll get there. But uh, yeah, you can find out more about that at our Twitter account, which is at Urhus. Yes, it's double O-R-H-O-O-S-E. Excellent. And uh, on iTunes and SoundCloud and YouTube? Yeah, we're on iTunes. Uh, you'll find us on there. Just search for This Is Our House. Um, if you look at the Urhus Twitter account or my own, at Sight Tyson, you'll see that my pinned tweet at the moment links to the Android RSS feed and also we've put it on YouTube. Excellent work, sir. Adam, where can people find you on the internet? 
Uh, I don't want find it, people finding anything I've done on the internet. <laughs> That's why you mean to take that profile page down, isn't it, on the website? I'd, I'd pay good money to, to have. I just want to have a. I want to. I very much want a one-way relationship with the internet. <laughs> There's no comeback on this. But no, um, my Twitter account is AdamSA101. Excellent. We are, of course, at Man on the Post. Uh, manalthepost.com is the website if you want to write anything about football then get in touch with us Ross at Man of the Post or Adam at Man of the Post uh, they're probably the best two to use um, Extra Time will be with you on Friday morning with Chris and Ryan and hopefully Mark's back this week um, I think that's pretty much all if you get an answer Maycast then please just hit that follow button you'll get a, a notification on your phone letting you know that there's a brand new podcast available to download um, and if you are getting some iTunes, then please leave a five-star rate and review. Mark because isn't coming. Mark isn't coming back because you hurt his feelings, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> if if uh, Martinez wins an FA Cup, he's gonna be furious, isn't he? I know. <laughs> <laughs> right, what to do with himself? <laughs> but yeah, until next week, chaps. Uh, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Matt. Bye. And goodbye from Andy. Good evening. Always remember to have your man on the post.